Let's turn with me to the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 16. While you're turning there, Pastor has a very important announcement he would like to make, and that is concerning choir. Our, our choir, this church's choir, has been asked to minister at camp meeting this year. And uh, that is the first week of July, I believe. Maybe the second week, depending on how the days fall. Somewhere it's around this, I think it's the second week because it's like the 7th, 8th, or on a Thursday. Now, I know that's in the middle of the week. I know you work. And uh, we are needing to know how many of you will be able to help us. Even if you're not currently singing in the choir for whatever reason, and uh, but have sung in the past or believe or someone has told you or you delusionally think that you can sing there is a sign-up sheet in the in the foyer and when you're leaving if you would sign that because tomorrow uh, I'm gonna have to call uh, the brother up and tell him we can or we can't if I can't have enough of a show I know we have a beautiful normal choir, but maybe not all of them can make it because of work. So we're hoping maybe we can recruit for this one event. And this includes our youth as well as our adults. If you would sign the sheet and say, yes, pastor, over the next few weeks, I will commit to a few choir practices and commit to driving to Ocala, Florida is where our camp is uh, on the second week of July that Thursday, and being a part of the choir for camp meeting. If you feel you can do that, um, would you please sign up that sheet? And I'll have a couple of people in there yelling and screaming, sign up sheet over here for the choir. And because uh, today is, I told him I'd let him know tomorrow. So today's it. You can't say, whoops, I forgot. There's no forgetting. If you want to do it, you have to sign up on the sheet today. Or I'll call him and say we're not be able to do it. I hope we can. We sung at camp a few years ago and uh, the choir was a great blessing to the camp and it's a wonderful honor to be asked and so uh, we would love for you to do that our church pretty much runs the camps anyway all of our young people go up and they're workers for all of the ages of the camps etc and uh, the district of florida loves this church they love your kids they love the People of this church, give yourself a hand. This is a wonderful group, wonderful group of young people, wonderful group of worshipers. Book of Samuel, chapter 16, and we're going to read uh, verses uh, 10, through, uh, 10 through 13. I do want to mention also real quick uh, that the marriage seminar will be this coming Sunday at 530. If you've signed up, you'll be hearing from me this week. Uh, I'm not sure if the sign-up sheet is in the foyer. We've got about 50 couples that are signed up. We're thankful for that. We're going to have about 10 weeks of just good, hard teaching uh, on how to have a successful marriage. I can't promise you that your marriage is going to be as successful as mine because you all aren't married to Elizabeth A. Kyle. And what made this marriage a success is that precious woman of God uh, that I will certainly tell you. I added a little bit here and there, but not too much. It's pretty much her. So we're going to be talking about marriage over the next 10 weeks on a Sunday at 530 uh, in the evening. 
Now, I know we've been having a long church today. It's already 1230. I'll try not to hold you too long, but I do have a message from the Lord. And I believe that there are people here today that need to hear what pastor is about to say. This whole service has geared up to what the Lord wants to tell you. Alton came down for prayer early today. God filled him with the power of the Holy Ghost. Just wave your, wave your hand, Alton. What a mighty God we serve. Renewed or filled first time, I don't know. But power of the Lord just all through him and all over him. And I want to tell you that before you leave here today, you can receive the gift of God's Spirit. You can receive the Holy Ghost. And it is the Spirit of God in you that will write the Word of God as the young preacher, Brother Delagaza, minister here earlier, that will write the Word of God across your hearts. What the Bible tells us. It is the Holy Ghost that you need. Tell your neighbor, what you are missing in your life is God's Spirit. Tell them that. You're, you're wondering, how can I fix this? How can I make this better? How can I get control of this area in my life? How can I fix this marriage? How can I fix this addiction problem? How can I make this situation in my life better? The situations that are going on. It is the power of God. It is the Spirit of the Lord that will do this for you. And before you leave here today, you need to come down to this altar when the altar is open and we begin to pray and you need to lift your hands and ask God to fill you with his spirit. There are only two things you have to do to get God's spirit. One, you must repent of your sins and two, you must ask. And if you repent of your sins and you ask God to come into your life and fill you with his spirit, he will fill you with the power of the Holy Ghost here today. And it will change you from this day forward. You will never be the same. You will think different. And everybody will know there's something different about you. And that's what I want to talk about here today. Tell your neighbor, the spirit will make a difference in your life. First Samuel 16 and 10 the word of the Lord says, again, everybody say again. Say again. Because this is where most of you live, right here. This is where you live. You keep trying the same thing over and over and over and over. And it's not working for you. How many times are you going to run the sons of Jesse by you, Samuel? I said, No. To them already. I already told you no. You want to run them again Samuel? You want to run them again? Why don't you just do it my way? Again. Jesse made the seven sons. Uh, the, the seven. Uh, Jesse made seven of his sons. To pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto the Jesse. The Lord hath not chosen thee. This is not his way. It's not his method. It's not how he's going to fix you. He's got another way. And Samuel said to Jesse, I know it's one of your kids because God told me it was a son of Jesse. Now you told me these were all of your children. Is there another one? Well, yeah. There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. He's just a shepherd boy. 
He's not a warrior. There's nothing really all that great about him. We, we put him out. We made him the shepherd boy because he's just a mama boy. That's all he is. He doesn't, he doesn't travel with, uh, with the army of Saul like Aminadad and Shammah. And Eli, he, the older brothers, he, no, he's, and Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he come hither. And he sent and he brought him in, brought him in, and now he was Rudy. Now, there's a little discussion on exactly what the word of the Lord means by that, but from what I can gather in a little bit of study, it just means he was a light-skinned, red-head boy. Weak and frail and look like, well, like Luke back there filming, the, filming me right now. Just a little red head and light skin, a little thin side, you know. With all of a beautiful count. Good looking though, Luke. He was good looking. Goodly to look at. All the women went, dude, nice looking. And the Lord said, arise. You know, like some of you guys think the women do when you walk by. They're laughing. They're smiling. But it's for a totally different reason. And the Lord said, Arise, anoint him. Everybody say, anoint him. For this is he. And Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. Everybody say, God's Spirit will never leave me. Get that in your head. Once God gets in you, he will never leave you. You need to tell that devil he's a liar. From that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. God help the preacher today. Bless this congregation. Open up our minds to the word of God. Lord, it is my prayer that every person in this building that does not have your spirit will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost today. I pray it in Jesus' name. And those of us that have it, it will be renewed and strengthened in us. I ask it by the power of the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. Throw your hands in the air. Give a shout to the Lord. Will you do that? Will you shout unto the Lord? Shout unto the Lord. Jesus, we love you. We praise you. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Tell your neighbor you need God's spirit today. Jesse had, the, had his sons go before Samuel and, and God didn't choose any of those. I, I don't have a lot of time to go into the details of the story. But I hope as a child you grew up and maybe read this once or twice or had it read to you. Saul was king and because he went the way of the flesh, God removed him or was going to remove him from being king. And the Lord told Samuel, I have found another after my own heart. 
He's of the sons of Jesse. I want you to go to Jesse's house and I want you to anoint him king. And so Sam just shows up at Jesse's house and he tells him what's going on. And he says, I want you to send your sons before me. And, and so out comes Eliab and, and Samuel says to himself, oh, no doubt this is he. And, and we know the story. The Lord says to Samuel, he says, don't look on the outward countenance, but look upon the heart. He says, I know he's tall, he's big, he's strong, but uh, I'm not choosing talent today. I'm not choosing ability today. I'm not choosing education today. I'm not choosing wealth today. I'm not choosing and popularity today I'm not choosing the things of the flesh today the one you're going to anoint today Samuel it's about the heart I've come to find one who is after my own heart. The Bible says he ran him through and Samuel said none of these. And so Jesse said, you know what? Let's, you know, let's do this again. And, and this is where most of us find ourselves uh, uh, in our walk of life, trying to figure out how to fix things, trying to figure out how to make it right. You know you've said it more than once. You've gotten up and you've apologized to your spouse. You've apologized to your family. You've apologized to yourself you've apologized to God you said Lord I'll never do it again I'm going to change but not long after you find yourself back in the same situation because friend I'm here to tell you you don't have it within you to make it right If it was within man to make it right, we would not have needed a Savior upon the cross. It's what the world teaches us today. You can be your own God. You can be your own Savior. Then pray, tell somebody, tell me why we are such miserable people. And while the world is in such misery today, ask me or tell me, please, why we murder our children. Why we're talking about murdering our elders why we are addicted to drugs why we are molesting one another why we are murdering one another why we are cheating on one another I'll tell you why it's called fallen flesh it is not within man you can try what you want to try do what you want to do you don't have the power you don't have the ability you don't have the stamina you don't have the strength you don't have the wisdom you don't have the smarts no you don't but there there is one here today who has walked into this building that if you'll give him the chance he'll come upon you with his power with his anointing he will change everything in your life clap your hands to the Lord and give God praise it's time to quit trying the same things over and over again it's why God brought you to the house today it's why he's ministered to you through the song it's why he's ministered to you through uh, Della uh, Della Gaza here this morning it's why he's trying to touch you right now he's heard your cry he watched you lay your head upon your pillow in silence all alone nobody knows and he's heard the cry from your heart oh God there's got to be something better oh God you know I need help I need your strength and so God has called you here today because he's come to give you the greatest thing you can ever receive and that is his spirit
the Old Testament prophet told us uh, it's not by might uh, it's not by power but it's by my spirit uh, saith the Lord I'm here to tell you today uh, under the power of the Holy Ghost uh, if you let God come into your life uh, he will change you uh, everything uh, will uh, be different uh, you will walk out of here with power over sin authority you will walk out of this place with a confidence I can do it I can make it I can fix it anybody hungry for God's spirit today let's take a praise break for a moment come on praise him for a moment if you're here right now would you open your mouth would you tell Jesus you love him would you do that right now come on whether you have his spirit or not just tell him you love him I love you Jesus I love you Jesus I love you Lord tell your neighbor you need the spirit tell somebody else the spirit will make a difference in your life I want you to see something. Chapter 16, we're reading out of. The text that I read to you today says that after Jesse's sons had went through twice, Samuel said, is there not another? And then the Bible goes to describe this young man that was watching the sheep. Said, well... He's just a little redhead, light-skinned fella. He's just pretty to look at. Not much other use with him. So we send him out to the backside of the sheep field. He's always knocking things over in the house, spilling stuff. We almost feel like it's a waste to give him food when he comes to the dinner table. He's always the problem child. He's... He's a little weird, too. Walks around singing all the time. You know, we all believe in God here, Jesse said to Samuel, the prophet, pointed at his powerful, mighty sons, the mighty men of God, some of them in the army with Saul. He said, we all believe in God here, but David, he's weird. He walks around all day singing these psalms about Jehovah and, and praising his, uh, his mighty God. And we just look at him. He's a, he's a little crazy. Every time we, we kind of go upon him while the other men are out cutting wood and breaking rocks and building houses and, and, and practicing their sword fight and, and, and all of the things, you know, things that men do. We catch him, he's sitting in a room somewhere and he's reading some of the old prophet books or reading about his God. Or we'll find him praying and singing psalms unto the Lord. He said, really, you don't want him. And so Samuel looked at Jesse and he said, Jesse, we will not sit down until that young man comes in to this room we will not do anything else until we receive the anointing of God and this is what needs to happen to some of you here today 
You've tried everything there is. You trusted in the arm of flesh, as the Bible says. You've done your best. It's not that you are a, a bad person. You have done your best. You tried to figure it out. Some of you have even read some uh, help books where, you know, they teach you how to do things. And, and, uh, and then you've read some uh, self-esteem books to feel better about yourself. But it seems like no matter what you do, it just doesn't accomplish the job. It's not getting done what it is that you know needs to be done on the inside. But since you've walked into this building, you have felt something. Something has touched you. Something different is crawling all up and down your skin. I'm feeling a pull in my heart that I've never felt before. Oh yes, you've watched the other seven suns go by, but now something different is beginning to happen. And what needs to take place in your heart is like Samuel. I will not sit down. I will not go back to my everyday life until the anointing comes upon me, until the cold gets in my life until the power of God comes into my heart. I'm asking God somehow, I'm asking God some way that a hunger be born in you while I speak here today that every word that comes out it beats against your chest and something begins to pull upon the strings of your heart this is what I've been looking for this is what I've been searching for this is what I've hunger after and I pray it gets to the place that you're willing to be like the prophet Samuel and you put talent aside and you put ability aside and you put your own strength aside and you lay down your pride and you lay down your tradition and you say these things have not worked for me go call the anointed go get the eighth one go get the new beginning go get the one where I start over go get the one where everything becomes new go get the eighth child bring David I need David. This frail boy walked into that house. Just a rooted little kid. Probably on the thin side. He had not yet even begun to train for war. The others were in their youth raised to fight and battle. The only thing David ever carried was a staff to guide the little sheep with. Covered himself. The coat, no doubt, his mother made for him. Watching over the sheep. Caring for the sheep. But when he walked into that room, God said, This is the man. Arise. Take the oil and anoint him. That's the beautiful thing about God. 
I'm going to show you something in the scripture in just a moment. Before anybody else could see it. Before anybody else could notice. Before anybody else knew. God already knew what was inside of that young man. God knew his heart when he walked into that house. No doubt his elder brothers looked down on him. We find that out later in the scripture. They always made fun of him. When David came out to war later on in the word of God. And they were in the battle of of Eli with the battle of Goliath. The giant Eli, the oldest brother, looked up at David. And he said, boy, why are you here? Who have you left those few? sheep with you've got no business here boy but we know the story it was David that killed that giant but before anybody knew before anybody could notice God already knew what was about to happen and I'm here to tell you today they may not see it now Della Petru what's Petru get up here boy it's your last service. What you doing hanging around my sound equipment? Quit running like a girl, son. Get up here. This kid showed up four years ago. I remember the first time he got in this pulpit after a couple of years. I wasn't here, but I watched the video later. And I said, oh my God, what have we released on the world? This is disastrous. I said, what is he doing? What is he saying? He's not saying anything. What's what's, what's wrong with his feet and his hands? It was disastrous. Found this guy right here. Met him out on a baseball field first time I met him. He said, Pastor, would you come pray for the team? I said, sure. Walked out, prayed for the team. But oh, a couple of years later after that, you see, when we couldn't see it, God could. When our eyes couldn't bear it, God could. God knew one day he was going to marry a beautiful young lady. One day he'll pastor a church. One day he'll be used mightily of God. God saw it. God saw it. And I'm here to tell you today, your neighbor may not know it. Your mom and dad might not be able to see it. Your spouse may never recognize it. But God sees something in you that is powerful. And only the Holy Ghost can bring it out. Only God's Spirit can bring it out. I'm talking to some of us that are already filled with God's Holy Ghost. You ought to get in this thing like never before. You ought to say, God, I'm going to give you everything. I'm not going to hold anything back. I want you to use me. Do you feel that way? Worship him for a moment. Let's praise him. Sorry about my voice, but it's been a few services since I preached. We won't sit down until the anointing comes. He walks into that room, just a fair, fair boy. But God knew. God knew. I want you to notice these verses. Same chapter, 
It's just a little while longer. Not much longer, I don't know. Maybe a few months. Uh, you know, probably not a year. I'm not sure. The Bible doesn't tell us. But the same chapter. In fact, only four verses later. Are you ready for this? Bible says in Saul. Now Saul was the current king. Who had yielded himself over to the ways and the things of the flesh. I'm not drunk. I just lost my balance. The Bible says, And Saul said unto his servants, Provide me now a man that can play well. David, why aren't you breaking rocks? David, why aren't you cutting wood? David, why aren't you practicing your, your sword skills? David, why aren't you in the drills of the army? David, what are you doing on that harp? David, why are you always playing an instrument? I'll tell you why. God is preparing me for something great in his kingdom. Some of you don't understand why you're going through the things you're going through. Why God's causing you to be in a certain place, certain time. Go under certain circumstances. Instead of mocking it, throw your hands in the air and say, God, I don't know what it is. But whatever it is, here I am. Bring it on. Somebody shout, bring it on. Saul said, provide me a man that can play well. Bring him to me. Watch this. Then answered one of the servants and said, Behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite. He is cunning and plain. Wait a minute. That's not all. He is a mighty, valiant man, a man of war, prudent in matters, a comely person, and the Lord is with him. Those last few words got Saul's attention more than anything else. There were plenty of men who could play a harp. Saul was surrounded by mighty, valiant men. His army was full of men of war. He had associates and organizers who were prudent in matters. But none of them could boast. And the Lord is with me. Did, could, did you ever wonder... I wish my voice would stay strong, but just stay with me. 
It's 10 till 1. We only have one service. Did you ever, what possibly could have caused King Saul to send that little runt? Good to see you, Roy. Bless you, buddy. To send that little runt into the valley? Don't you remember the bargain that was made? The deal that was struck? If you win the battle, us Philistines will be the servants of the Hebrews. But if we win the battle, then you and your children and your wives and your animals will become ours. Now standing in front of him is this little old kid probably about 17 to 20 years old. Saul, who was head and shoulders above all men, took his helmet and his his breastplate off of him and ungirded himself with his girdle and removed his armor and began to place it upon on David. If you're going to go out there and fight that giant boy, you're going to need to have some armor. But you got to know who Saul was talking to. He was talking to a young man that had already learned it's not by might or power. It's not by the things of the world. It's not by the talent or ability or any protection that humanity can give me. But I'm going to win this war because Jehovah is on my side. He said, King Saul, I was watching daddy's sheep and a bear came and with my bare hands I slew him. A lion came with my bare hands I slew him. I'm not going to defeat that giant because of this helmet or this breastplate or this shield or this sword. But I come to you in the name of the Lord. Clap your hands to the Lord. Give him praise. Now you got to stop and consider this. This little fellow who now, since the anointing of God is on him, he's no longer being described as the little red-headed, frail sheep herder. Instead, one of the men of Saul said, I saw a son of Jesse, mighty and valor, man of war, prudent in matters. But when he said, and there's something else about him. <laughs> there's something on him that I didn't see on all the other men. Saul said, go find me a man. You think David was the only guy they looked at? No. They come to these guys. Stand up, Brother Bowman. They come here, Patrick. They come to these guys. Get ready, Jonathan. No, 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 no. Joshua. 
right? Yeah, in just a moment. They come to these guys and they say, Saul is looking for a man. Now, the reason why Saul wanted someone to play is because he was wanting evil spirits to be chased out of his life. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere, so just stay with me. They went out there and they was looking for a man. Woo, look at this guy. Flat on top, square in the shoulders, thick in the chest. I won't mess with the legs. Legs look pretty good. Woo, man. Can you play? Yes, you can. This is my message. Yes, I can Thank you. Can you play? Yes. Are you a valid man? Are you a man of war? Are you prudent in matters? Okay, we just might choose you, sir. Come stand, come stand right over there. Thank you, officer. Thank you, gentlemen. Sir, if you'd step down from the platform, I appreciate it. Step down. Follow the officer. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk to you at service. I'll let you sing your song to me. All right, focus back here. Every once in a while, we got to do that. Okay. So he goes to the next guy, and he goes, Woo, man. Broad, flat on top. Even thicker. So thick. He's like a tree stump, man. You, you could hit that thing with a bulldozer and it wouldn't move. Who can you play? Are you valid? Are you a man of war? Oh, we just might choose you. Come on. Come here, Jonathan. Come on. Come on. Come on. So, Jonathan comes right here. Comes right here. Hey, say, hey, look at those guys. <laughs> well, you know, we got to check them all out, right? Hey, come up to. Jonathan and say, can you play? That's a yes. Follow the rest. Are you a man of valor? That's a yes. You a man of war? Let me feel that muscle. Put that on, my dear. Woo! I'm telling you, we're thick. This is thick. This is nine sheets of paper. My Lord, mercy. Wait. They're about to pass him by. But something reaches out. And touches them. They want to walk away. Something draws them back. I don't know what it is. He's not as valid. Not as powerful. But there's something about this guy. That's different than everybody else. I'll tell you what it is. The anointing's on him. The power of God is on him. The glory of God is on him. I want to tell you, there's only one thing in this world that will set you apart. There's a lot of you. A lot of singers. A lot of talent. A lot of ability. A lot of good looking men, Jonathan. A lot of them. Oh, they're a dime a dozen. They're everywhere. You try to join into the world's fashion. Do your hair like they do. Wear your clothes like they do. Talk like they do. Walk like they do. There's a million of them. That didn't set you apart. We live in a generation today where they say, I want to be myself. I want to express myself. Then why are you dressing like everybody else? Why are you coloring your hair like everybody else? Why are you acting like a weirdo like everybody else? Why are you wearing your pants down to your buttocks like everybody else? You didn't know I was going to go there, did you? 
Look how quiet it got. Do all y'all wear your pants like that? You know what upsets me about this? It's because the devil and the world and media and government and your teachers and your neighbors and your family members have turned you into a bunch of chickens. You're just cowards. And every time a man of God begins to preach against a little bit of sin, you clam up. We don't want to offend anybody. Hey, where y'all going? I'm not done. I'm just sidetracked. That's what preachers do. Get over there. I'm in the anointing right now. I'll go back to my message later. We clam up. Oh my God. Pastor said the word homosexual. Pastor said the word lesbian. Pastor said the word immorality. Oh my God. Pastor said the word transgender. Pastor says it's wrong for a man to dress like a woman and a woman to dress like a man. It is an abomination in the sight of God. Give me that foolishness. The world are just idiots. They're idiots. And they're letting a handful of people who want to live and indulge in their sin that will bring diseases into their bodies and into your children's body too. But because of political reasons and, and all of this mess and They've turned the church into a bunch of cowards. Pastor gets up and preaches on a little something that's sinful in the Word of God, and you all clam up. Look, I'm the one that's going to be arrested, not you. We got to stand out more than we have ever stood out. And listen, I'm not talking about being ugly or mean. Are rude. I've got personal friends that are homosexuals. I have personal friends that are lesbians. We've got ex-homosexuals and lesbians who are members of this church. I've got some that have even caught the disease AIDS that is in remission, thank God. We're not against the sinner, but we are against the sin. And we are not going to let government or education or anybody else Calls us to accept those things God hates. If we shut our mouths, we are condemning them to hell. The only way they're going to know it's not right is if somebody's willing to stand up and say, God said it is an abomination. I'm going to tell you something too. You need the Holy Ghost. Today's church, today's society, this church, this generation, this world needs a church that's full of the Holy Ghost. Not full of religion. We are living in a world that is very religious, but very ungodly. Men who proclaim themselves to be Christians. Listen, the word Christian doesn't mean I use the name Christ. It means I behave myself. I believe in what he taught. I act upon his teachings. 
and I guide my life according to his teachings. That is what a Christian is. Not what the world proclaims Christianity to be. And if we're going to save our generation, we are going to have to be willing to be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And when the Holy Ghost comes into us, it will separate us from everything else. Something drew them to that young man. They pulled Jonathan over there. Okay, you peace squeeze can sit down. They said, we know he's not the biggest, but he is valid. He is in your army. He is prudent in matters. He's a great player. But Saul, the Lord, is with him. Are you ready? Because this is what's going to make it happen, hotshot. They're going to visit churches. And they're going to say, Mama, you don't mind, do you? You don't look like a person that minds. Can I, can I pick on you? Sure. Oh, I know you're a guest. Come on, sweetie. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be so nice. I am so nice. I am so nice. Don't worry. I am so nice. Watch this, okay? Grab her hand. So she said, Destiny, I love that name. Destiny, you have a destiny. Can you pour some of this for 12 seconds? Okay. Destiny's going to go, Mom, come on, come on, come on. Mom, we went and visited that church down there. They got great choir. This is going to come on, Mom. Mom, I went and visited this other church over here. Oh my, they got their act together, huh? Mom, I went and visited this church over there. Woo, they got some good looking men over at that church over there. That's what I'm talking about. Then she's going to say, but mom, I went to this church today. I don't know if they got all that other stuff or not. I'm not really sure. I guess maybe they have a choir and uh, there's a couple of guys there that looked all right. And, you know, they look like they might have their act together. But mom, the Lord was with them. The anointing was with them. The power of God was in that place. And what made the difference in King Saul was not that they were valid, not that they were great, not that they had everything going for them, not that they had their act together, but the anointing was on that man. I'm telling you, that's what's going to make the difference in this world today. They're tired of religion. They're tired of great choirs. They're tired of all the fancy lights, all the crazy stuff that churches are doing. They're looking for a place that has the power of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Stay with me just a moment longer. Where's Jonathan? Come on, buddy. I can sit you down. I'm almost done. So pray tell me why King Saul would put the lives 
of every Hebrew man and woman and child into the hands of this boy. He was king. He could have he could have went over to Eli. Eliab, I think is his name. The eldest of the sons of Jesse, one of the mightiest warriors in the army of Saul. He could have went over to how you he could have went over to Eliab. He was king. He could have said, I command you to go into that valley and fight that giant. He, you can be seated, my friend. He could have found some of the other great powerful men. He could have commanded them to go into that valley and fight that giant. But the moment he met David. Now, granted, Saul did what he's always used to doing. He took off his helmet, his shield, his girdle, his breastplate, his leggings, his took he took it off and he began to try to dress the anointing of God with the ability of the flesh. That's what Saul trusted in. That's what he knew. But David said, took that old helmet off. Took that breastplate off. Threw that shield down. Flung that sword aside. Kicked off those leggings. Yeah, it's good. He said, I haven't proved these things. I don't know whether they'll work or not. But I know something will. I'm not, I, I, I'll touch that. Watch. So what was it that caused Saul to go? Okay. Go get him. Carry your little sling. Pick up your little rocks. Go on with yourself. It was because David took the time to explain to him how God had moved in his behalf. Now watch me. You know why Saul was jealous of this man? It wasn't just the 10,000, his thousands and his 10,000. David had something that Saul used to have. When Saul was humble and little in his own eyes, the Bible says the power of God rested upon him. And Saul was the greatest king. The first but the greatest king Israel up to that time had ever known. Saul saw something on David that he longed for. Something that he missed. Something that he desired. And Saul so understood and trusted the anointing that he sent a 17-year-old boy into a valley with nothing but a sling and a rock to take on a giant who the outcome would affect the entire line of Israel. The anointing made the difference amen let's stand
Now, that's just my introduction, but I'm going to finish. I'm done. Let's stand. Music, if you'll come. God has come here today to tell you what will make the difference in your life. That one little thing that you've been looking for, that one thing that you've been searching for, that can give you that edge, if you please. That one thing that can talk to you when you're so troubled. It doesn't seem like what anybody says helps or matters. That one thing that when you're so lonely that a thousand people can be around you and it wouldn't matter. He'll come and give you comfort. The Holy Ghost is our comforter. He'll come and lead you into all truth. Give you wisdom and knowledge and understanding. He'll be there when you're not sure what answer, what you should do or how you should do it. He'll be there. And he'll, he'll help you through. When everyone's turned against you, he'll wrap his arm around you. When the situation is bigger than you, he'll stand up in your life. And he will tower over your mountain. Yes, he will. He will love you when everyone has forsaken you. He will help you when there's no help to be found. He will give you hope when all hope is lost. He will deliver when there's no way out. He will set free when there's no doors to the cage. Oh, yes, he will. And he's here today. Every mind on the Lord, every eye closed, can you just think about him a little bit? Think about your life. Think about the things that you're facing. Think about what you felt here today. How God has called you. And how the Lord is saying right now, right now. Saul said, bring me a man right now. Right now. I need God. I need God. I need help. I need strength. You're here today and you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of the Lord, and 
you'd like to come talk to God about it, why don't you step out from where you are? Don't hesitate. Don't hesitate. Just come. All of us had to walk down the same aisle. We had to come to the same altar. Just step out from where you are and just make your way down and say, I need God to help me in some areas of my life. I, I want to turn my life over to the Lord. I want to feel that anointing David felt. I want to feel that anointing in me that I have felt in this place. Why don't you come? Mom, you need him. Dad, son, daughter, young lady, single mom, single dad, parents. Listen, you need God to help you make decisions. You need the power of the Holy Ghost. Turn some things around in your life. Young man, don't hold back. You're not too cool for God. God's pretty cool. You need to step out. You need to come. This wasn't just a pretty sermon today. This was the Holy Ghost reaching for you. This was God speaking into your life. This was God reaching into your life. This is God. He's been watching you. He's heard your silent cry. He's heard and seen your desperation. And now he has showed up and he has said, I am here and I have come to tell you that what you need, what you're missing is my spirit. You need to let me come into your life. You need to let me come into your life. Church, let's come and pray. If you're a guest today and you'd just like to come and pray with us, you're welcome to come. Maybe you're standing next to someone and maybe you'd like to just say, hey, let's go pray. Nobody's going to force anything on you. We're not going to try to make anything happen. We just want to give you an opportunity to pray and pray with you if you want us to. And Believe God with you. Trust the Lord to touch you mightily and powerfully. Holy Ghost, walk into this place right now. Oh God. Lord, it's your spirit that makes the difference in our life. Writes the word of God across our heart. Which leads and guides us through this life. Gives us power when we are weak. Hope when we are hopeless. Puts joy. Joy replaces despair. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hope replaces fear. Yes, it does. Because no matter the situation that's in your life, when the Holy Ghost comes in, when God comes into your life, it makes a difference. The difference that you're looking for is God's spirit. The power you're looking for. It's so easy to receive. All you got to do is want it. Just ask God to be merciful.
Lord, forgive me of my sins. Be merciful upon me, God. I repent. I repent of my sins. Come into my life. Fill me with your power. Fill me with your glory. Jesus we love you Jesus let's just start calling on him sure ma'am just just whisper his name Jesus Jesus when you whisper his name 